Five, five, four, four, three, three, two, one, one. When I had come down this hill, I had seen this creature cross the road. It would have ripped my locked door from my truck, extracted me from my vehicle, and there wouldn't be a damn thing I could have done about it. This thing, I got to notice in its eyes. Its eyes was real, real evil, real sinister look it was given Sasquatch Chronicles, a place where people share their encounters. Let's start the show. It was completely hairy. I would say almost a blackish brown. The face, that's the one thing I, I won't forget. It didn't have canine teeth. It had a huge, huge mouth, but it was just like normal teeth, this wide mouth. Its nose looked like a man's nose, flat. The eyes, there was no eye shine. It was, it was their eyes were black. There was no eye white. It was just black. Out of nowhere, this thing charged or ran towards me at, at a rate that I, I I can't even explain. I mean, the look on its face, this look of, I just want to kill you. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thanks for being here tonight. Got a great show planned for you tonight. Going to be bringing Steve back on the show. And that was him there in the intro. Most of you remember Steve from episode 249. Uh, He was the fisherman who was out in Florida and had one of these creatures charge him. And this just happened a couple weeks ago. And when Steve and I were speaking on the air and off the air, I had told him to contact his friend who's in law enforcement. And for the sake of privacy, we'll leave out what department of of law enforcement he's in. Uh, But I recommended that he contact him, talk to him about this, and he did. And these guys decided to go back to the location and see if they could find anything. And it was interesting as they went back to hear what his friend had to say off the record regarding these creatures and then uh, what happened to these guys when they went back. Very interesting show tonight. If you've had an encounter and you'd like to be on the show, shoot me an email. My email address is wes at sasquatchchronicles.com. If you get a chance, check out sasquatchchronicles.com. 
click on the shop at the uh, top and pick up some Sasquatch Chronicle gear. There's some cool merchandise in there. I hope you guys get a chance to uh, go check it out. And if you're able to, help support the show, become a member, and get additional shows. I really appreciate you guys being here tonight. Really appreciate you guys listening. I, I love shows like this because I feel like it's really, really important that the general public knows that these things are out there. That you know, I know some people listen to the show for entertainment, but these are real people running into real creatures, and it's important that the public know that these things are out there. I always love when guests return to the show. Uh, speaking of returning guests, Steve, welcome back to the show. Thank you again for coming on. Uh, I understand that you went back to the location of your encounter with your uh, law enforcement friend. You want to tell us what happened? Yeah, well, yes, we did. Um, I actually uh, took your advice, and I talked to a buddy of mine who's in law enforcement, and uh, he actually agreed to go out there with me. He was pretty excited about it. Unknown to me, um, he had a belief in, in Bigfoot or Sasquatch. And uh, when I shared my experience, it was, it was kind of funny because I called him up. I was still pretty beside myself and didn't know how to handle any of this stuff. Um, so I called him up, trusted in him, and he came over. And uh, we sat down. I have a, I have a uh, bar built out back behind my house, and, and we went out there where it was private. I asked him, I said, uh, do you believe in Bigfoot? And he laughed for a second, and he, he, uh, he said, what do you mean Bigfoot? And I said, Bigfoot, you know, and he he goes, why would you ask such a question? I said, well, um, you know, I haven't been right in the last couple of weeks. And uh, he says, yeah, I know that um, you're quiet and you don't call me anymore. And we don't hang out. And I said, well, I said, to be honest with you, I saw Bigfoot and his uh, eyes got pretty big. And he uh, he said, well, tell me about it. And he could tell that I was I got really emotional, got, you know, started crying and, and, uh, I said, man, I just got to tell somebody. And if you think I'm crazy, that's cool. I said, I just got to get it off my chest. So I told him my experience and what happened. And as I was telling him, I could see his jaw just continue to drop further and further down. And he, uh, he told me flat out that, um, you know, in his line of work, that in the last six months in the general area where I was, there's been three reports um, of the same thing. Um, his immediate supervisor, um, my, I should go back. My buddy does uh, law enforcement on the water, so he's always on the boat. But his immediate supervisor is on land, and uh, he told him, uh, you know, over the last six months there's been three other accounts of people calling in and saying that they've seen this, that, or the other. Um, his buddy re or his supervisor responded to all of the calls. He, I guess, once again, I got to go back a little bit further. Sorry about that. But he, uh, he was also telling me that they're, um, you know, in these sightings that only one person who's higher up in law enforcement are allowed to really investigate these things. He, he told me that his boss or his supervisor uh, responded to the calls. He had to make the phone call to the upper supervisor, I guess you would say, who immediately responded, and everybody had to leave except for that immediate supervisor or the upper supervisor. He said that he doesn't really know the stories um, behind them, but all he could tell me was that they were always instructed to say it was a black bear. If there was a smell, it was a roadkill or it was a dead animal, a dead pig. 
So he's always been curious about it, I guess. He also had stated to me that he, through the grapevine at work, heard that there is a, what they call a book of secrets, that they write all these incidents down. Normally they have to do a full report, but if it's anything that's related to this, they, um, it, it, it just goes into one book and one person has the uh, responsibility of that book where nobody else can go into it or what have you. Um, so, you know, once we decided that night that we, he wanted to go back with me, um, I agreed. Um, there was just this feeling that I had to return. I mean, I, I needed to know 100% if this was true. And, uh, I agreed. Um, so on Friday night, last Friday night, we packed up our boat and uh, we were going to go spend Friday and Saturday night out there and come home on Sunday. Um, when we were heading out on the boat, every instinct I had was to turn around. I think actually I turned the boat around twice and he grabbed the steering wheel and he turned it back. And we got to the spot. Uh, it was probably about three or four hours before dark on last Friday night. And I was scared senseless. I'm not going to lie. Um, I was shaking. I was physically sick. Um, but he kept assuring me that, you know, we had plenty of guns. Um, uh, he's trained for this. He, you know, we're good. So we, uh, we get to, we, we beach the boat and, uh, we get walking up into the woods to find a place to camp and we find a decent little area. And I just had this overwhelming feeling once again, that there was just, you know, something, watching me and I'm thinking, okay, my mind's just playing tricks on me. I saw this. I'm scared. Don't want to be here, but I have to be here. So we get to, uh, we get to setting up the tent, start a fire. We're just basically sitting there talking. I'm trying to explain more of the story to him. And he told me, um, that, uh, he, uh, talked to a mutual friend of ours who is a native American. I don't know, I believe he's Seminole Indian, but, you know, many generations passed. But he shared my experience, and this guy knew about it, uh, knew about this uh, creature that lives in this section or this area of the swamp or the woods. And he said that back in his culture that his people would walk several miles around this swamp so they would not have to go through it. I mean, that was... To, to hear that was really crazy, you know, to go back so many generations. Then uh, he also said that uh, his people always said that, um, and I'm, I'm going to try to quote it the, the way it was, if you ever see this creature, it will be with your soul for life. Now, I don't know, you know, what the hell that meant, but it scares the hell out of me, to be honest with you. Um, so yeah, I don't blame you. Yeah, so he's telling me this, and, uh, you know, we're just sitting there. we got a nice little fire going, and, and uh, we decided that, uh, you know, it's time to go to bed. We were going to hike around the next day. So um, we got the guns, you know, sitting back behind the tent, and he was showing me how to use I've, I've never had a machine gun. I think it's an AR or something. Um, he's showing me how to use it in case I need to and, and all this, and it was good. And, uh, so we, we get in the tent and, and, uh, he falls right to sleep and I'm trying to get to sleep and, you know, things are going, I mean, I can hear every, every creature in the world walking by my tent, you know, it's just my mind once again, going crazy on me. So I said, well, I'm not going to be able to sit in this tent and not be able to see what's going on outside. So I go sit out by the fire and, and I'm just reliving everything. And, uh, 
like I said, sick to my stomach, um, just shaking uncontrollably. I uh, start hearing some, like, footsteps. I'm, like, freaking out. And then I hear sticks break, and, and it was so close that, uh, you know, I, I yell for him, and uh, he's already up. He heard it, too, and he's coming up at the tent with his gun. So he's like, all right, he says, you know, grab a gun, <laughs> and uh, we're pointing in the woods. He's got, a, like, a laser scope that has this, like, a laser beam or whatever, and you can see it hitting the trees, and he's telling me to gently back up towards the water where we come from. So we're backing up, and uh, four or five hogs came out. And I'm like, oh, my God. Okay, it's just, it's pigs. <laughs> you know, it, we're good. So, you know, that, that was pretty much the end of Friday night. Saturday morning, I guess I fell asleep for a little while. Uh, we got up on Saturday, and he wanted to go down to um, to where I saw it. I know I told you if I ever had the courage to go back, I'd try to measure the best I could off that stump. Um, so, you know, we did that, and it was between six and a half and seven foot tall. We didn't see any footprints, but it had been a month, you know, since that had happened, so I didn't know what to expect. But we did see, you know, broken branches. We did see crushed down palmettos and uh you know but nothing that would be you know it could be easily described you know where the pigs go through there or what have you so you know that's what we did all day on saturday saturday night um it was probably two hours before dark we um we decided we we're just going to fish for a little bit um get our mind off of everything everything was calm no issues whatsoever and uh we're fishing um back to the woods just down by you know there's where i beached the boat and he all of a sudden um, said, get your gun, get ready. And I mean, it was out of the blue. I didn't hear anything. I didn't see anything. He just, he turned, he stared and said, get your gun and get it ready. And I said, okay. And I said, did you see something? He's like, no. I mean, just matter of fact, no. But he wouldn't stop staring at this one section of the woods and I started slowly backing off as, as well as him. Um, and he, he, I guess it was probably, I don't know, five minutes. He said, let's go. And we walked back and every two seconds, it was like he was turning around, like there was something behind him. So we get back to where we were camping and he was a completely different person. I mean, this guy's a complete cut up. He's cra constantly cracking jokes, always trying to make everybody happy. He did not speak a word, and uh, I kept trying to get him, you know, get out of him, and he, he just wouldn't speak. So we, we sat by the fire, um, and he, you could just see the, the like, the life left his face. It, it, she was just different. And uh, we sat there for the next six or seven hours, and, and nothing was spoke, and he just kept looking in the woods. Daylight started coming up. He said, let's get the hell out of here, and we're never coming back. And I kept, I asked him again. I said, you know, WTF, did you see something? And he goes, no. He goes, let's just go. So we packed up the tent, put out the fire, um, grabbed our guns, and we started walking back to the boat. As we were walking back, in between where we were camping and where we, where we were fishing is like this six-foot-tall grass. I just happened to catch it out of the corner of my eye. It was, there was like three teepee like structures made in this grass where like the grass was 
was pulled up into a pyramid and there was a hole dug up underneath of it almost. And when we walked by it to the opposite side where we had to go, I got the smell again, that horrifying, disgusting smell. It wasn't quite as bad as my experience was, but you could definitely, I knew it was the same smell. I, I, you know, I don't, I'll call him Bill for the, for the sake of it. I said, Bill, do you see that? And he said, yes. I said, this was not here yesterday. He goes, no, it was not. I said, do you smell that smell? He said, yes. I said, that smell wasn't here. And he goes, no, it was not. Get on the boat. So I did what I was told, you know, and, and I'm not sticking around. So, you know, we haul ass out of there and, uh, we get home and I, I dropped him off at home and then, you know, came back to my place. I tried to call him several times on Sunday afternoon. He didn't answer. Um, I called his wife and, uh, she said that he's sleeping. So, um, Monday I get up and do my daily routine and go to work and, uh, he called me and he said that he had talked to his immediate supervisor and explained what we had done, explained my story. And his immediate supervisor told him that I'm, I'm trying to protect him here. Um, basically that he should have never done that. He should have not used his um, law enforcement credentials to, to do such a thing because they do not exist. What we saw or what I saw was a bear and that he has to now do a full report on him for doing this, knowing he wasn't supposed to, basically. So he does, he gets reprimanded. He, he, uh, I'm not sure exactly what happened. I don't think anything, you know, suspension or anything like that. Um, I know he got a good talking to this upper supervisor. Who's the only one who's allowed to investigate these sightings paid him a visit and wanted to know word for word, everything that I, I spoke to him. And he had no choice, so he told my story. And he also um, told them that we went back out there. They, um, I guess, took a full statement and sent him home for the day. They, I know, the only thing I know, two things I know for sure, that they asked him if he saw it. He said no. And they asked him if um, he believes that there's a creature out there, and he said yes. So... Um, from Tuesday, he, uh, came by my place, um, when I got home from work and he said, I need to talk to you. And I said, okay. He said, uh, when we were standing there fishing, when I heard what I heard, I turned around and it was staring at me probably 15 feet. He said, I didn't want you to freak out. He goes, I figured you would run. I didn't want you to run. He said, but I don't know if I believed you. When you described it, he goes, I didn't know what to think. He said, but whatever you described, whatever the hell that is, was standing in the woods watching us. Of course, that got me going. And uh, I asked him what he saw. He described it almost identical to what I remember seeing. The only thing he said that I don't remember was the hair had dreadlocks. It was like, he said it was all matted and dreadlocked and it didn't make any kind of facial expressions other than it stared. I said, okay, well, thank you for not telling me because I really didn't want to see it again. Um, I, I wanted to believe that I was, 
you know, making this shit up or something, but, uh, he, uh, he freaked out and he's still not doing very well. Um, so, you know, dealing with him, I get contacted by a law enforcement officer who's a upper supervisor and I have to tell my story. He, uh, said that I was trespassing on uh, private land, which it's not. But he said that he, if I would tell my story that the trespassing charge and the multiple fines that I could possibly get will be removed and everything will be forgiven and forgotten. So I, once again, pulled out, I have fishing charts and I have, it has land area. And I said, well, this is public land. I was not trespassing. We did register with the park service on the island that we, uh, that we stayed on. So I will tell you my story and you can tell me I'm crazy and we'll part ways. So I explained everything to him. He wrote down, I mean, details that I, I would never expect somebody to, to, to write down every word that I said to the point where he would stop me so he could catch up with writing. We, uh, finished the story. He said, well, from everything that you described to me, it was the bear standing up on its hind legs trying to get something out of the tree. And I said, well, what the hell does a bear eat out of an oak tree or out of a palmetto tree? And since when does a bear move a palm frond that he's staring behind? And since when does a bear have a human face that has facial expressions? He says, the law enforcement officer looked at me and he said, none of that happened. And he said, I can make sure that none of that happened. And we shook hands and we parted ways. So that brings us into today, and I am completely freaked out now. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, that's basically where, where we're at right now today. Yeah, it's interesting. Remember I told you on the show, I said, talk to your law enforcement buddy. You'd be shocked what these guys have to say. They'll say one thing publicly. They'll say you ran into a bear. I almost said it word for word what he would tell you. Absolutely. But off the record, they'll tell you a completely different story. And it's interesting, too, that um, I had a, this a sneaky suspicion you guys might run into something going back there because it had to happen so quick. You know, it only happened, what, two weeks prior to you coming on the show or a week before you came on the show? It had, it had happened to you. Yeah, it was, it's, it's been a month total now. So, Yeah, and I was convinced that if you went back, you might run into something. I didn't want to say too much, but I, you know, I, I thought the odds of you running into it again were slim to none, but who knows with these things. Uh, that's really interesting. And I, and we don't have to say your friend's name or what organization uh, he works for. We can just say law enforcement, but I'm glad you got a chance to go back out there. You know, these things are being covered up. I don't, you talk to some Bigfoot researchers and they balk at that idea. I don't care what anyone says. I've run into way too many of these situations where they're definitely being covered up. I'd love to have his number. I'd love to talk to him. I'll bring him on the air. Him and I can chat. <laughs> yeah, well, I actually, I had mentioned that and uh, let him hear the show and everything. And, and uh, he said, there's, you know, at this point, he has no interest in it. Um, he, he, he is a believer. But I, I got a feeling here, just like it, it took me a couple of, you know, days to, to gather my thoughts and stuff. I truly believe he, he's the type of person that, that wants people to know. I mean, he was so excited I don't like I said. I don't know if he truly believed me or if he was just being a buddy, but he truly has a belief in this because of the stories from work and you know stuff that's been handed down for twenty years through through his department and you know the the oddities or what have you. I think I think he will one day 
reach out to you and, and talk to you. So, yeah, I hope he does. And it, it's interesting. The law enforcement guys, like I said, I mean, I called it. I almost want to play a clip from the show from when you and I were talking. You know, I I, I told you exactly what they would tell you. It was a bear. Uh, you know, you could you could pull in a ten year old child and have them see what you saw. And that 10-year-old child isn't going to say it was a bear. I mean, they know right off the bat it's no bear. Uh, And it's almost offensive to say that to someone. Well, you saw a bear. It was standing up. And people don't freak out with bears. They just don't. And it's interesting that he said that to you. Like I said, it it almost – if these guys were smart, they would at least hire someone with some people skills to talk to people instead of having these ex-military type tell you what you saw because at the end of the day it doesn't accomplish anything it just pisses you off and i'll tell you the next thing that'll probably happen and i'll call it if you decide to ever go back to that area you may end up seeing military in that area shortly after this if you take your boat and go by there i wouldn't be shocked if you came across some military people in that area that seems to be the next thing in line after something like this happens yeah i would uh i actually i'm i gotta go on sunday but i'm I'm not going back to that area but i do gotta go by there and it's it's just so remote. The only way you can actually get there is by boat. I mean, there is there is a state or not a state highway, but a highway that leads from NASA to uh, uh, Route One, Highway One. But I mean, it's just a long two lane abandoned road. You know that now that the space shuttle program's not there and hardly anybody travels. I mean, I guess you can get to it from that way too. But I don't know with this whole uh, the way this guy you know treated me. I mean, I don't even know how the hell he knew where I lived. That's the thing. And I asked my, my friend, I said, did you give him my address? And he said, no. He said, um, I gave your name. Well, obviously, that's, uh, now it makes sense because I didn't even think about that. But um, that's how they found me. But, yeah, I mean, it's just it's he just shows up and acts like a complete jack and, and uh, trying to tell me what I saw. And it's just, I don't know. It's, it's strange. <laughs> it, it turned really strange. So Yeah, that's interesting. So they actually came to your house. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. He uh, called me outside, and that's where we 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 talked. And it, this guy was, like I said, if if he wasn't in uniform, and you know, if he would have talked to me like that outside, it would have been a different situation. But um, you know, I've always respected the the uniform and law enforcement, of course, and um, just the way this guy kept telling me, "You you saw a bear," you know, it's no, I didn't. And he's like, "You saw a bear?" No, sir, I didn't. <laughs> so, but yeah, he. You know, you just get to the point where he wants to convince you, say okay, and be done with it. So it was uh, another scary thing. And the one thing that that I did ask my friend, though, is that that smell is what I got first. And I'm beginning to wonder if it was like if if they get excited, I wonder if they like urinate or something, because that that smell wasn't there when, you know, when he saw it. I didn't smell anything. And the time before, I mean, I was 30... 30 feet away, what have you. And I smelt it horribly. Um, and then the next morning when we walked by those little teepee things um, in the grass, we could smell it. So I don't know if it's like they, they urinate to mark their territory. I, I don't know. I always thought it was just like, you know, something that they had on them or I, I don't know. That was a strange part. I didn't smell anything. I didn't see anything. I didn't hear anything. But for the, the way he turned around and and sat there and stared in the woods. I mean, he was staring back at it. I mean, he just, I think he was trying to figure out what the hell to do. I have not had the opportunity to ask him, why didn't you shoot? Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? Um, I think 
I'll get the same answer as I gave you. I was in primal fear. There's nothing you can do in that situation, but there was no aggression. There was no screaming. There was nothing. Um, it's almost like he came up from behind us to stare at us to see what the hell we were doing. We backed off and it went about its business and then maybe made these, I don't even know. I can't say these TP structures was from him, but his smell was there. And, uh, the the one thing that I did ask my friend is is you know did it did it mimic or did it have the the facial expressions that I saw like the frustration he says no it was a complete cold stare but he said I saw it everything he said you know I saw the dreadlocks the matted hair I saw the leather that you described on his forehead he goes I don't know what you meant about D Schneider. He goes, it didn't really look like D Schneider. He said, what it looked like to him was just a balding old man. And I said, well, why didn't you say something? And he didn't answer. I think it's the same thing. I, I don't think you can function in that situation. It's when you don't think they exist or you want to believe in them, but then you actually see them. It's just, uh, it's a whole different world. It's really hard. You know, you always get your armchair quarterback that is going to tell you, why don't you guys do this? Why don't you guys do that? And I'm telling you, it's a whole different ballgame when you see these things. Everything you think you would do, you don't do. Things that you would think you would never do, you end up doing, like standing there and just looking back at it. And I'm glad your friend got to see it. You know, I'm glad he's in law enforcement and he got to see it. I always love when law enforcement guys see these things because... Generally speaking, guys that aren't higher up, but they're in the law enforcement field, they treat people differently when when people say, hey, I've seen something crazy. Here's what I saw. You get some of these lower level guys and they'll tell witnesses, hey, I know I've seen the same thing. But you start getting up to this higher level, like the guy that paid you a visit uh, and, and it's, you know, you saw a bear. Well, I guarantee Behind the scenes, they're already making plans to go out to this area to find out why this thing's coming out in the open. I guarantee it. And I hate to make blanket statements like that, but I've just dealt with this one too many times. I guarantee they're going to be going back out there. And it wouldn't shock me if you saw the military out there a week from now. If you rode your boat past there and you saw guys in military, it would not shock me one bit. Yeah, and I just don't understand why they would want to cover something like this up. I mean, if, if it exists, let it exist. I mean... Let's live in harmony with it if we can. I mean, obviously, then there, you know, our mutual friend who's Native American, you know, his family's talked about it for years. So, I mean, why do they have to make a big deal about it? I, that's what the thing I don't understand. Now, I mean, with my occurrence, where, you know, the thing, if it could have got me, would have killed me. I understand that. But how many people have traveled that road? And, and you know, there's, I guess he said 17 reports since 1970-something. Um, in that general area, you know, you know, people seeing something across the road, or, but nothing any that that would, you know, any endangerment to anybody, I guess. So I, I don't understand it. I'm kind of on your side now. I, I have done a lot of research over the last month, not research, but well, research on the on the internet and stuff. Right. But I think I think like you said, somebody's going to have to shoot one and bring it in, and. Uh, so that way everybody can see it's real and, you know, listen to some of your episodes and such. I, I don't know what a dog man is. I, I still don't know what any of that other stuff is. Um, I can just tell you what I saw down here and 
even though it was extremely aggressive towards me, um, I, I probably, you know, pissed it off. There's, there's no other explanation. I, I screwed up his hunt and, uh, you know, I'm sure a bear or a lion or anything else would have done the same thing. So, but I, I still want to ask my buddy, I said, did you not shoot because of its face? And I want to know his honest answer. Because like I told you, when I saw this thing, it was so human, but not human. I wish I could have seen it again. I, I really do. That, you know, sitting at home now with that primal fear gone, I am so curious on what this thing is. And, and uh, you know, is there more of them? But from what he described was the exact same one I saw. So I don't know if they have their own little territory. Um, I did listen to one of your episodes actually yesterday on my way home from work. Um, a gentleman in um, South Florida, um, I think his name was Mike, if I'm not mistaken, but he was talking about, um, you know, swamp buggies running through the cabbage palms and all that. You know, that's kind of the exact same area that I live in. And I'm just wondering if, if they travel, you know, there's so many curiosity questions I have. Do they migrate from South to, to Central Florida and then, you know, go up to North Florida, up into Georgia, um, or if there's just, you know, colonies everywhere. I, I, I don't know. And it, 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 it's frustrating because I want all the answers, but I, you know, like I had stated prior, probably in my lifetime, I'll never know. So. Yeah. And it's frustrating. I, I know your frustration with it uh, regarding the, why is it being covered up? To be honest with you, I mean, that could we could talk for the next two hours on that. I have my own theories on why it's being covered up, and I think it has nothing to do with money. I really think it has nothing to do with money. I, I used to believe that it had to do with the lumber industry and money and all that. I don't buy that anymore. I don't think the lumber industry has that much pull regarding covering up something like this. I just don't think that they have that much pull. People out there, they laugh at the cover-up, but I'm telling you, it's real. It goes on. This kind of stuff goes on. I wanted to ask you, what did, what did the guy look like that showed up? Um, he was in the same law enforcement uh, uniform. Um, he did not have a name tag. That's the one thing, because I wanted to see his name, because I wanted to look him up. He did not have a name tag like the other ones do. They wear um, uh, like military-style pants, They're like cargo pants, um, combat boots, uh, or boots. And then just a um, a tan shirt with their with their name tag sewn on the shirt and their uh, their badge uh, sewn into the shirt. Um, he did not have a name tag. He had a badge on it. Um, no number. Um, I don't know if this particular law enforcement department has a um, a badge number like a police officer would, but um, but no name badge. He was probably in his later fifties, early sixties, crew cut style haircut. Um white guy. And, um, I mean, that's, that's pretty much how I can describe him. Uh, he did have a goatee, like a, like a three day goatee, I guess you'd say not shaving for three days, just a goatee part and a real Jack. I mean, he was, he was, he was tough. I mean, no, no, he showed no kind of, you know, emotions, expressions, nothing. He just was straight to the point. This is what you saw. If you basically, if you continue to talk about it, this is the way he made me feel. If you continue to talk about it, there's going to be other repercussions. Like he was trying to tell me I was trespassing. Um, I wasn't. I've fished that area for 20 years. I know exactly where I was. It is public land. Um, nobody owns it. It's not NASA property. It's not government property. It's not a state park. It's nothing. When you do go camp out in these spoil islands, which anybody can do at any time, you just they ask you to report to a park ranger where what island you're staying on, 
um, and when you're due to be back, where your truck and trailer are parked. So that way, if you don't return, they know where to come look for you. That's all they ask you to do. So for him to say that I was trespassing and him, you know, for him to say that he's going to, you know, he can find me all this money and possible jail time and this and that. I mean, the guy was full of crap, but I, I played his game. I mean, I, I don't want to, you know, I ain't never been in trouble in my life. I don't want to start now, you know? <laughs> yeah. And that's these guys MO. That's what they do. They show up, they threaten you, they tell you not to talk about it. And then they end up telling you you saw a bear, which makes no sense. You know, if they tell you, if you saw a bear, then why can't you talk about it? Or if you just saw a bear, why is he threatening to find you with this and that, you know, and say you're, you're trespassing, you were doing this. If he really was going to nail you with all that, well, let's cut the crap and just get to it. Write me my ticket, get back in your truck and go, you know, back to the donut shop and leave me alone. But that's not how these guys roll. They'll show up, they'll threaten you, they'll tell you not to talk about it anymore. And then when it's all said and done, you saw a bear and then we'll sit and argue till it becomes a stupid conversation and then you end up parting ways. I mean, it's by the book, man. And that's how these guys do it. And it amazes me. I would love to talk to one of these guys privately or publicly. I'd love to get them on the show and talk to them. Let's cut the crap privately. Just come on. Let's talk about it publicly and let the whole audience hear what you have to say. Because I guarantee I'll take these guys apart if I ever got one of these guys on the show. I will take them apart verbally on the show and make them to be the biggest idiot you've ever heard in your life. And it just irritates me when they do that. Because if they're going to convince you all they saw was a bear, there's no need to pay you a visit. They can sweep it under the rug, tell your friend to uh, not talk to you about this anymore, don't go back to the area, and leave it at that. But they got to show They got to show up, they got to do this whole presence that they're you know hey i'm i need to talk to you outside you know because he's probably afraid you're going to record the conversation uh so he wants to bring you outside and it just irritates me god these guys irritate me so much and maybe it's because i've heard this several times over that's why it pisses me off so much i thought a buddy and i were going camping and we we're going to look for this thing and he wanted to see it like i said now i mean this thing is getting so crazy you know i just want i was I, I promise you I'd email you if I go back, so I did. But I, you know, honestly, I'm worried right now if they're, they're if they're tapping my cell phone. <laughs> you know, I don't know if they can do that, but he told me you know not to say anything, and you know it is what it is. So, um, you know, I won't bring it up. Um, you know, let my buddy do deal with his work and stuff like that. And you know, we'll just we'll just let it rest um, for the most part. But like I said, I, I have such a curiosity now and. I don't know if I could ever go back to that spot. I know I won't ever go back to that spot, but you know, that general area, there's, there's a couple hiking trails and stuff, you know, that I might have to venture down. And I am, I am so hooked and so curious. And so, and I've never been this way about anything so passionate like this. Um, I just want answers. I want to know why this guy came to visit me and told me it was a bear. I want to know, you know, why this thing didn't smell the night my buddy saw it when it smelled so bad, I I was dry heaving when I saw it. I want to know, I want to know what it is. (laughs) We all do. We all want to know what it is. And I've been told by you guys in the military, the smell that you smell comes from their armpits, but the main smell comes from their crotch. And it's when they get excited or upset. It's, it's um, not hormones, but it's driven kind of the same way an ape is. And so when they get excited or they get pissed off or uh, they start getting agitated, they'll let this smell out. 
And that's what I've been told by people in the military. Now, whether that's true or not, I don't know. But I have been told that by a few guys in the military uh, regarding the smell. They'll say, well, you know, a lot of Bigfoot people say it comes from their armpits, and that's true. However, most of that smell people are reporting to you actually comes from their crotch. I'm with you. It'd be nice to know what it is. The other thing, don't be too surprised if your friend doesn't start giving you the cold shoulder. They'll probably get to him and tell him to uh, cut the friendship off or threaten with his retirement or threaten him with his job. Or, But I'm glad your friend got his eyes opened you know, and, and actually saw that these things are real. These things do exist. Yeah, and then that's just it. I mean, I actually got a text from his wife about 30 minutes ago, and uh, she said, we're going to have to lay low for a little bit. That was the funny thing. It's hot. I mean, you're dead on with absolutely everything you said. And the other thing that I had mentioned to him, too, um, is when we, after he saw it, um, or as he said, he didn't see it, but um, we were sitting at the fire, and uh, I said, you know, this guy, Wes, said that, you know, if there would have been, you know, another person with you or a couple people with you, you'd have probably never saw it or it would never acted that way. And now I'm thinking, okay, I had my experience. Now there's two of us. We have guns, we have fishing poles, and all this thing did was sit and stare. It didn't make a peep. It didn't it didn't do anything other than sit and stare and let us walk off. It didn't follow us. I, I can't say it didn't follow us, but it you know, we didn't hear anything. But I mean, just everything you've said is, is just spot on. And that's, that's what's incredible about this whole experience is, you know, fi- you know, finding you on the Internet out of the blue and never having anything, any even belief in this um, to, to listening to you. And, and, yeah, you're dead on, man. <laughs> and I appreciate that. No, I appreciate it. And, you know, there's a lot of things I'd like to say more on the show, and I tend to bite my tongue a lot on a lot of things because I don't want to sound like – you know, I'm for sure on a lot of things, uh, and and hopefully on a lot of things I feel like I'm for sure on. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm not right about a lot of things. I don't think I am, but there's a lot of things I don't say on the show, and it's more or less I bite my tongue. But I know with your encounter, I think it just brought back so many emotions from my own encounter, and knowing exactly the way you felt, and then the whole situation of you going back with your friend. It's you know, like I said, I I honestly think that these sayings will act one way when you're by yourself and you go back with a friend or two and they'll act completely different. You'll get a completely different encounter when there's more than one person. And I'm surprised that your friend saw it, but uh, in the same breath, you're right. It really didn't come after you guys. Uh, you know, there's two of you there. You guys are armed to the teeth and it didn't come after you guys. It just kind of stood there and looked at you guys. And it's night and day compared to when you were by yourself in the kayak. Right. And then it goes back to what our Native American friend says, you know, and I don't know if this is what, you know, got the, has me drawn back to this area or wanting to know. But when he said, if you see this creature, it will be with your soul for life. I mean, it's almost like, you know, now I don't want to say I'm indebted to it, but it's like, I just, I I think about it constantly. I mean, there's my, my thought process has completely changed to where my thoughts are consumed with this creature and you know it's 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 a good feeling now because now it's more okay it does exist i know it exists it's not just me freaking out one day my buddy who has been in law enforcement for 20 years um did spend time in iraq and you know in desert storm i mean he's he's been there he's he's seen the craziest stuff ever and now he's seen this 
and he has no reason to BS me. He has no reason to lie to me. He did hear my story prior, but he described it perfectly to me, um, to what I saw. So I know it's true. Um, I, like I said, I wish I could have seen it again. I may yet, maybe I, 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 I'm glad I didn't, but I kind of wanted to, um, I think I would have panicked. I think I would have ran. And, um, then it goes back to, then you become prey. Like you had said, um, I'm pretty sure I would have ran. I'm not going to lie, which would have put us both in danger. So I'm, I'm glad he didn't say something to me. Um, he gradually backed off and, uh, he guided me through it. So, I mean, it's, it's, a great thing, um, I guess, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, it's absolutely insane that this is actually happening. Yeah. And you know, from your buddy's demeanor, if his whole demeanor changes and he's telling you, get your gun, uh, we're out of here right off the bat. You can almost tell when someone's demeanor changes in a situation like that, they're seeing something or they've seen something or they hear something. And he doesn't sound like the type of guy, especially ex-military current law enforcement, that's going to freak out on you. I mean, those really are the best guys to go out with because they generally don't freak out on you when you're in those situations. But you know he had seen it, especially when he came back and started describing to you. And that's the interesting part, too. A lot of times, and I don't know if you both saw the same creature or not, but when you have two different witnesses, even if he would have been been with you in that kayak, I guarantee you got your guys' encounter story, each one of you guys would have had a little bit different details from one another right it's fascinating man I, and i understand what the native american is saying uh regarding i had a navajo guy tell me that one time he said it consumes you doesn't it and i said yeah it does and he said well they it it definitely will stick with you the rest of your life and it will consume you and he told me to be careful not letting it consume you too much in life there he told me there's people in the tribe that have seen these sayings and then become alcoholics. They don't sleep well. They can't really function. They become so focused on these sayings. And that's the other thing, going back to the cover-up. Why is it when people see these sayings, why is it it consumes them? If you would have saw a black panther, it wouldn't have consumed you. If you would have, Even if you would have seen a tiger out there in, in Florida, it wouldn't have consumed you. Uh, but seeing these sayings, people get consumed by it. And it's very common with everyone who's had an encounter they become very consumed by these things. And I think that's really what your friend who's a, a Native American was trying to say. It'll stick with you the rest of your life. Uh, it won't, it'll be with your soul the rest of your life. And, and I think that's basically what he's trying to say is it, it will consume you uh, seeing these things and experiencing these things. And like the Navajo, I know he told me, Hey, you know, that's why we tell people don't go out looking for them. Don't go out searching them out because you just might run into them. You might actually come across one. Yeah, and that's uh, that's true. I mean, why we saw it again? Like I said, I I don't know if this is just his little territory. Maybe he's been here. I don't know how long they live. <laughs> uh, maybe he's been here for a while. I mean, this this thing looked like an old man, though. I mean, it was. It's 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 fascinating to me right now, and and um, it's with the conspiracy and the cover up, and you know what he called a book of secrets, and you know I just wonder how many more of these things there are, or. You know, once again, is it related to NASA or is it related to, you know, I don't know. I, I don't even want to speculate because I, I don't have any knowledge of this stuff at all. And I'll sound like an idiot, but we just both saw it. Um, he, I think he wanted me to go back out there to get over my fear. 
Um, he saw how shook up I was about it. I don't think he honestly believed that there's something out there that he would see, that he would experience. Um, like I said, when I got out there on, on that Friday night, I knew something was watching us. And I just felt it. Um, he just explained to me, it's, you know, the way your mind plays tricks. Um, I guess back in the desert storm, he said that, that, you know, his whole platoon felt like they were, they were being surrounded out in the middle of the desert um, by Iraqi troops, and there was absolutely nobody there. It was just that, that instinct, I guess. Um, and so I think that's why he, you know, was so demanding that we go back out there. He knew that's where I fished. He knew I, that's where my money spot was. He knew I made money fishing that spot. I think he just wanted me to get over my fear. Uh, nonchalantly, he, he ran into it as well. Um, and I think it's completely changed him, even though he had the belief in it. I did to describe his demeanor prior to, which was, you know, just fun, love and cracking jokes, two guys on the beach fishing, you know, talking about football and our fantasy leagues and all this, to all of a sudden him turning around and to get your gun ready. I mean, it was that quick. And I mean, I didn't, like I said, I didn't hear anything, didn't see anything, didn't smell anything. It's almost like he felt something that I was feeling. And the moment he turned around, he, he saw it. Um, and you know, the same thing. I mean, behind the palm tree or the palm fronds, almost like it's crouching down and it's just staring, lets its face be seen. Um, and he said on that, on that one shoulder on its left side, he saw the dreadlocks, the matted hair, but I mean, no, he said there was zero facial expressions. Um, where when I saw it, I mean, it was making all kinds of crazy faces and, um, but he said it looked like a man. And I, I still want to ask him if that's why he didn't shoot, but you know, I just want to kind of leave, well enough alone for right now and let him go through the emotions I did and let him open up to me this time instead of me trying to force him because nobody forced me, you know, and uh, he'll eventually talk to me about it. So it's it'll be all right. I really hope that he does. I think they'll probably get to him, though, and tell him to shut his mouth, probably not talk to you anymore about this, and, you know, they'll probably end up threatening him. So if he starts giving you the cold shoulder, don't take it personally. That's probably what's going to happen next is he's going to start giving you the cold shoulder and not discuss this anymore. Uh, it's just because they, you know, again, don't take it personal. It's it's these guys getting to him. It's really interesting. You mentioned the, the Book of Secrets. I talked to a DNR officer one time, and he was a pretty low-level guy. And he said anything that's strange, like strange encounters with Sasquatch or Dogmen, or he said it goes to a supervisor – and they document strange encounters, but everything goes to this one guy. No one else deals with it but this one guy. And I thought that was interesting because it kind of sounds like the same thing that your friend was telling you. I hadn't heard anyone else say that yet. Yeah, that's exactly what he said. And this is before we even went out there. You know, we were just sharing stories. And, and uh, I mean, that was that was the thing. He called it the Book of Secrets, and that's what I guess they call it. Um, they uh, One person's in charge of it. One person investigates everything. When that person gets there, everybody else on scene, he said, has to leave. Um, and they always describe it as a, you know, a roadkill or a bear or, or what have you. And, I mean, that's what the guy told me when he came here. And, uh, every, like I said, everybody else has a name patch um, on their shirt. He had no name patch. And that was the, that was the one odd thing, you know, because I, you know, I don't like to be bullied, um, and I'm a, pretty standoffish guy sometimes when it comes to that. Um, so I wanted his name. I wanted his badge number. And just to write it down, I wasn't going to confront him that night, of course, but I wanted to see if he actually exists. 
but uh, you know, it didn't have anything. So yeah, that was, that was the strange part. Yeah, that is strange. You got any more plans on going back out there? Uh, no plans. Um, I have a lot of wants. I want to go back. I want to know, I want to do this. I want to do that. One thing I would love to do, um, if I could find out who that gentleman's name is, that's just south of me here, um, to see if maybe he would want to come up and I can show him. And, I mean, he's a pretty level-headed guy that doesn't seem to get scared easily. Um, but I would love to uh, show him the spot and see what he thinks about it, and see if he finds anything there. And um, I mean, he's he's uh, from his story that I heard the other day. Um, he uh, doesn't scare easily, I guess. And and uh, I think we're dealing with the same thing. Was that the Native American guy you're talking about? No, he um, he was on your show. I don't know what episode it was. I thought his name was Mike, um, but he was talking about um, how they were, uh, I guess they were going fishing, but they had to walk through this public land where they had the swamp buggies and these guys were shooting at pigs and bullets were flying over their heads and all that. Oh, Mark. Mark Zasky. Okay, yes, that's the name. Um, he's just south of me. Um, and from, you know, from his story, I mean, it's the same exact land, same exact everything. So that's why I'm wondering if they migrate. I was wondering if he was interested in ever coming up. But I actually, I believe he came up to Washington with you at one time. Yeah, I can put you in touch with Mark. If you guys want to go back out there, I'd be real careful going back out there though, man. I'd be real. The way that that creature came in on you, the its whole demeanor, and then even coming out in the open to your friend, I'd be real careful going back into that area. I mean, I can definitely put you in touch with Mark. I understand the curiosity, but it's like uh, Bob Garrett used to tell me, and I think I even said it on the show, you know, he used to tell me these things aren't your toys to play with. Uh, and so be careful if you do go back. I mean, it's completely up to you on going back. I can definitely put you in touch with Mark. And uh, Mark's a good guy. He'll go out with you. Uh, he doesn't – definitely things don't shake him up. He's not scared of much, but – I'd be real careful going back to that area, real careful. You know, listening, you know, I would I would love to hear, you know, or to talk to him to see, you know, what he would suggest. I mean, I, I truly trust you one, one bajillion percent. It's just, I think, I think I'd rather somebody else go <laughs> and just tell me the stories afterwards, to be honest with you. But I yeah. am, I am so, so wrapped up in this right now that, you know, I'm sure in a week or two it'll all settle down again and I'll go back to my life. Um, as normal, but yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah, that's, that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I do appreciate everything Wes, and, uh, I just, I, I, I wish you could come to Florida. I heard on the last episode that you've never been to Florida. I mean, I wish you can come down here. I don't think we'd go to that area, but I can show you the general area. Yeah, it'd be great. I need to make a trip to Florida. That's for sure. And I really appreciate you coming back and giving us an update. I know a lot of listeners have been wondering about what happened when he went back, if you guys ever saw anything. or uh, Like I said, it caused somewhat of a stir, and I know a lot of people are wanting to know what happened when he went back. So uh, thank you so much for coming back to uh, tell the audience what happened. I appreciate you, Wes, and I thank everybody for their interest. And, um, you know, if there's any questions I can answer, I'll be glad to do so. Thanks so much, brother. Thank you, brother. And that's it for tonight, everyone. Remember, if you've had an encounter, shoot me an email. Wes at SasquatchChronicles.com. The store is now open. I hope you're able to get yourself something nice. Please visit SasquatchChronicles.com. I will see you guys next time. Have a great night, everyone.
Yeah. 